Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of DizCast. Today is going to be a little more of a chill episode. Uh, I'm just going to be uh, kind of going a little bit off the cuff, perhaps a little improvise here and there. Uh, so to start off, what I'm going to do is uh, in my episode with uh, talking about Walt, I had asked a few questions uh, and I'm hoping some of you uh, were able to get the answers. But if not, I'm going to give you guys those answers right now. So the first question I asked was uh, in regards to uh, Margaret Winkler. Now, I mentioned in the podcast that uh, Margaret Winkler was a distributor in New York City, and she was the one that kind of really gave Walt his shot very early on in his career for his mixed live action animation Alice cartoons. And I had asked if you knew what the other cartoons she was responsible for. And there was one in particular that I was asking specifically to know the information for, and the answer for that, well, first the question was whether or not you knew what famous animal she was responsible for distributing. And the answer is actually Felix the Cat. So Felix uh, was a very, very popular cartoon in the early part of the 20th century, and she was responsible for distributing it. And so, so that's the answer to that one. It's information that's very, very buried. Felix the Cat is obviously not as relevant today, but uh, I feel like... If you knew, if you know anything about classic cartoons, then you'll at least have heard of Felix, especially if I, of course, mention his uh, big yellow bag, because that's another thing he's very famous for having. Uh, the next question that I had asked was regards to Steamboat Willie. Now, in the previous podcast, or in the Walt Disney podcast, I mentioned that Steamboat Willie was the third Mickey Mouse cartoon, and there are a bunch of characters that are in that cartoon that we all know and love today, such as Pete, uh, who is... Now, of course, famously a villain. I believe Pluto is also in that cartoon. And the question that I asked in the podcast was in regards to another character that was featured in the cartoon. And it was actually their first ever appearance in a Disney cartoon. And that was Minnie Mouse. So Minnie Mouse was actually first ever shown in Steamboat Willie. And... I'm not sure if you know this either, but but Minnie Mouse was also voiced by Walt himself. So Walt not only voiced Mickey, but he also voiced Minnie, and he also voiced Pluto. So Walt took it upon himself to really bring these characters to life, which really, really, I feel, uh, kind of cements those characters in their relationship with him. Because not only was he partly responsible for creating them, but he was also literally their voices. So I think that's a very, very cool thing. So next time you ever listen to some of the old classic Mickey cartoons, or uh, if you ever just decide to pull up Steamboat Willie, just for the hell of it, because it's genuinely a really, really fun cartoon. It's super silly. Uh, it, of course, has the famous melody uh, that, you know, is shown in front of uh, a few Walt Disney Studio films. I highly recommend it. It's really fun. It's actually shown in Disneyland. In Disneyland, when you go down Main Street on your right-hand side, uh, after you kind of come about like the big little square, when the two uh, when the two entrance paths kind of converge into one, and you're you're at like the foot of Main Street. On your right-hand side, there's going to be a theater. Now, in that theater, they're showing reels. I'm, I don't know if they're real or if they're actual reels of the cartoons, but they're showing classic cartoons in there. And one of the cartoons is, of course, Steamboat Willie. So if you ever get the chance, if you're in Disneyland and you want to just kind of get out of the sun for like five, ten minutes, 
go inside, take a look around. There's like a couple Donald Duck cartoons. There's a couple other Mickey cartoons. And there's, of course, Steamboat Willie. So give, your, give yourself that treat. Get out of the sun. Have some water. Get some shade. Get some, uh, get some AC. And just relax and just watch a classic Mickey cartoon. It's very, very worth it. I highly recommend that. Now, this other question I asked was in regards to Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. The question is, what was the video game that features both Mickey and Oswald? And the hint that I gave was that it was released for the Wii. So this is, of course, Epic Mickey. Epic Mickey uh, came out in 2010. It was one of those games that was very much trying to incorporate the use of the Wiimote. And this was shortly after uh, the Disney company actually reacquired the rights to Oswald, the, the Lucky Rabbit. So they were able to win Oswald. So Oswald was able to come back home in a way. Uh, and the Epic Mickey game actually pseudo explores this. Uh, Mickey kind of goes into like this weird under realm where he encounters Oswald and Oswald is kind of the villain in the game. I think the narrative in the game is that he's like trying to reclaim his spot as like the original Disney cartoon kind of thing. I think that's part of it. All right, so the next question that I asked you guys was in regards to the Silver Age of Disney. Now, the Silver Age uh, generally goes uh, from 1950 until about the late 60s. And it was a very, very productive year for the Disney studio. Uh, they didn't just do animated films. They also did a lot of live action movies. Of course, they did a bunch of TV stuff. But generally, when we're talking about the quote unquote, the ages of Disney, such as the Golden Age, the Silver Age, the Bronze Age, we generally only really refer to the animated films because that was very much what the Disney company was uh, very well known for. And so the question that I asked was if you could name five Silver Age movies without looking them up. There are at least eight. There's eight animated ones and there's a slew of other live action stuff. Uh, so sticking in the tradition of uh, only referring to the animated movies, here are the eight Silver Age animated movies. So we have our second Disney princess, Cinderella. And then we have Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp, our third Disney princess, Aurora, with Sleeping Beauty. Then we have 101 Dalmatians. Then we have, uh, I guess you could say, well, he's not really a Disney prince. He's more a Disney king. Uh, we have, of course, uh, The Sword in the Stone. And then The Jungle Book kind of uh, closes it off. Each of these movies are very fun. I love all these movies, of course. They're all very interesting because they're all slightly different. They all kind of feel very different, especially when you kind of go into the, the animation of them. Like, Cinderella is a very is kind of a classic style, but kind of as you go on, it very much changes. Like, even if you just look at the difference between Cinderella and Alice, which is the movie after, the animation is very interesting, how it shifts to a more almost... I guess, rounded and more painted look. And I think part of that is because of the fact she's in Wonderland. It's a very different experience. Uh, but of course, I do I do want to delve into the Silver Age in its own podcast, or in its own episode, I should say, much like how I want to do the same with the Golden Age. The Golden Age, of course, being Snow White, Pinocchio, Fantasia, Dumbo, and Bambi. The Golden Age was very much, some might say, was kind of Walt's strongest period only really because those were the movies that he really he he had more of a hand in those movies than he did in the silver age 
because during the Silver Age, he was very much kind of transitioning from one thing to another. He was kind of bouncing back and forth between live action and then animation and then the TV stuff and then Disneyland. But whereas the Golden Age was where he was focusing or he was able to focus more on just his movies, he hand-selected those four, those four stories, uh, Snow White, Pinocchio, Dumbo, and Pambi, and then Fantasia was very much just something that he, it was just this weird random idea that he wanted, that he had that he wanted to do. Uh, kind of bringing the magic of a live orchestra experience and a live theater experience to a movie theater. Uh, it was very ambitious. It did not go super well. Uh, but of course, I'll uh, touch on Fantasia uh, when I'm talking about the Golden Age. And of course, uh, get more into its specifics then. So speaking of both Minnie Mouse and Alice in Wonderland, a couple bits of news here. Uh, so I'm going to try and use these shorter episodes to kind of bring you uh, updates on new stuff regarding Disney, perhaps some of the parks, the studios themselves, that sort of thing. So this first piece of news uh, is a little bit of a downer. Disney recently lost a very important voice actor for the company, a woman by the name of Russie Taylor. Now, you may not know her name, but you definitely know her voice. Rusty Taylor was the voice of Minnie Mouse since 1986, uh, and she recently passed away at the age of 75. She passed away on the 26th, so of course, our condolences to her family, our condolences to the Disney studio and the community, because of course, this is a pretty big one. Funny story, uh, she and her husband actually met on set as the voices of Minnie and Mickey, respectively. Her husband was actually the voice for Mickey Mouse uh, for about as long as she was, for about 30, 35 years. And that's where they met, and they fell in love, and they got married. And it's, So it's very cute to know that the voices for both Mickey and Minnie, who were not only together as cartoon characters, but were also together in real life. It's, I guess it's kind of one of those instances of like art mimicking life. I think it's very cute. And of course, she will be sorely missed, especially her voice, I'm sure. And so this next piece of uh, information is actually about Alice. So July 28th is the anniversary of Alice in Wonderland. Alice was released back in 1951. So Alice in Wonderland is 68 years old. Have some tea in in honor of Alice. Uh, maybe go ahead and have a seat and just watch that movie back. I myself have not seen that movie in the longest time, so I will definitely be watching it. It's such a fun, fun experience. The ride is also very cute. The, he the teacups are also super classic if, whenever you go to the park. I highly recommend the teacups. Uh, it took me two years to finally convince my partner to get on them with me. Uh, it's a short ride. If you're not a fan of spinning, that's okay. But you can, of course, control the speed of the teacups uh, as you spin them, so... I say try it. Uh, you don't have to spin very hard, but it's very much just for the experience and to be able to say that you rode the teacups. It's it's kind of one of those classic rides in Disneyland. Uh, I believe it's one of the earliest rides in Disneyland. Uh, I I know I know I've seen clips of like Walt riding the caterpillar for the the Alice in Wonderland storybook ride. So I'm fairly certain the teacups were right next to it from very very early on. If you all have any more topics that you'd like me to cover, please feel free to tweet me at cast underscore diz. Again, that is at C-A-S-T underscore D-I-S. 
And of course, we can talk about things then. We can You can always communicate with me there. Uh, I really hope to talk to you guys more, and I hope you enjoy this quick little mini episode. All right, thanks a lot, guys.